Critical Thoughts with Steve is brought to you by Anchor. Go to anchor.fm today to start your free podcast or download the Anchor app from all major app stores. And welcome to this new episode of Political Thoughts with Steve. I'm your host, Stephen Goff. And this week we have a pretty exciting show in store for all of you amazing political nerds out there. Topics that we'll be discussing in this week's podcast includes the midterm elections, the killing of Wall Street journalist Jamal Khashoggi, This Week in Trump, and Final Thoughts with Steve. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on this new episode of Political Thoughts with Steve. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we get into our first discussion of this week, I want to send a special, special shout out to my friends at a non-mom happy hour podcast. Um, Debbie Joe and Kelly Nerdzilla Minahal um, invited myself to be a part of this week's podcast and it was so so much fun we got to talk about so many issues right now that's happening in the political world we talked about the me too movement i mean there that whole hour and a half was really awesome and enjoyable so if any of my amazing listeners would like an Another awesome podcast to go listen to. I highly suggest a non-mom happy hour. You can find it on iTunes. Um, I think you can find it on Spotify. I'm not sure. And you can pretty much find it on all the major podcast platforms out there right now. So I want each and every one of my listeners, after you've listened to this episode for this week, I want you to go and search a non-mom happy hour and listen to this really amazing collaboration that Debbie and Kelly and myself got to do this past week. And, of course, if any of you amazing listeners are also on Twitter, um, go to at NonMomHappyHour on Twitter and go ahead and follow them. They are an amazing podcast, and I'm we are huge fans of their podcast. So if Debbie Joe and Kelly, Nerdzilla, Menahal is listening to our podcast this week. Thank you so much for having us. You amazing women are awesome. So we're going to be going right into the midterms. There's so much to talk about when it comes to the midterms. We have what's going on right now in Texas involving Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz. That is a huge race to follow right now. If you are not following the Texas senatorial race, I'm highly disappointed. These two politicians are battling it out to be in that spot to represent Texas. Of course, if you've been following me on Twitter, I am a big, big, big supporter of Better Work. I love his his campaign platform. I love his opinions when it comes to Medicare for all, um, better paid are better paid for educators, for teachers, um, lowering the crime right, his stance on Second Amendment gun issues, his stance on abortion. I mean, he is he is 
a progressive candidate. Now, I know that a lot of my listeners are progressive, liberals, conservatives, all right. Um, you know, I get to hear from all of you every single week. Um, but I don't think it's anyone's um, gasping that I support Beto O'Rourke in his senatorial campaign. Um, they had a debate uh, earlier this week between him and Ted Cruz, and he made Lion Ted look so uncomfortable. It was just great, great, great debating. Um, I am not a fan of lying Ted Cruz. I think Ted Cruz has overstayed his welcome in the Senate. I think Ted Cruz hates what America stands for, but is more than happy to speak his opinion every single day. I think Ted Cruz has sold his soul to the devil himself. Ted Cruz is not good for Texas. Ted Cruz is going to keep Texas behind when it comes to the other states in the country. Ted Cruz just isn't good for Texas. He's not good for the U.S. Senate, and it's time for Ted Cruz to go home. So to all of my Texas listeners, and I know I have Texas listeners because many of y'all have now called the show and voiced um, your opinions. If you live in Texas and you have verified that you're registered to vote, go vote on November 6th. There is a lot riding in Texas right now. And, you know, a long time ago, I was one of those people, especially when I turned 18, I could care less about voting. But everything that happened in the 2000 presidential race, that is what caught my eye when it comes to being a political nerd. That is, at a young age, that is when I got into this chess game known as politics. That's when I start following it following the candidates, following their platforms, um, educating myself. 2000 was a very, very, very interesting year. Um, And, of course, we had 2001. But, you know, if you don't think politics matters in your life, I'm going to call you a freaking idiot right now because politics matters in life. It matters when it comes to the air you breathe, the water you drink, how your kids go to school, the gasoline in your car. Politics engulfs our nation. So I highly suggest all of my listeners, especially in Texas, to get involved during the midterms because there is a lot riding. And I'm telling you, I have a gut feeling Beto O'Rourke He's the guy to beat right now. And if I was in Ted Cruz's campaign, I would actually be sweating right now because Better Work has proven that he does not need super PACs to get him to the finish line. And that is something admirable, especially in today's political society. So go vote in Texas. And if you love your LGBT community, if you love your children, and want to send them to safer schools. If you care about the environment, if you care about civil rights, Beto O'Rourke is your candidate. And if you don't know much about him, please go to Google, 
Google Better O'Rourke, research his positions, look at his videos on YouTube. I promise he will not disappoint any of y'all. So, go vote Texas. Also, in this great, amazing state of Florida, and to all of my Florida listeners, hello to everybody. But in the great state of Florida right now, we have a huge gubernatorial debate going on right now between Andrew Gilliam and Republican Ron DeSantis. They had their debate tonight on CNN. Um, We decided, especially during the midterm season during the next two weeks, we're going to be recording on Sunday nights from now on, probably up until mid-November, because there's just so much going on during the week, and we don't want to you know, shorten any of our political discussions during the week. So from now on, we'll be recording on Sunday nights, and hopefully we'll have everything good to go for our listeners to listen to our podcast first thing Monday morning on your way to work and on your way to school. But Florida Democrat Andrew Gilliam and Ron DeSantis went to battle on CNN Sunday night. And let me tell you, Ron DeSantis looked so, so, so nervous throughout that two and a half hours of a debate. And Andrew Gilliam came out swinging. I mean, he, his punches were hard, especially when it came to the issue of gun safety and Second Amendment rights. Now, I'm very skittish when it comes to liberal politicians because, you know, it's no secret liberals don't like the Second Amendment. Um, And it's funny because when I tell all of my friends that, you know, I'm a Democrat, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, well, you want to take away our guns. I'm like, no, I don't want to take away your guns. I am perfectly okay with the Second Amendment. I just want common sense gun legislation. I want us to be able to find solutions to the problems that are going on within our community because so many people, including children, are losing their lives every single day when it comes to gun violence. But Gilliam is a fan of the Second Amendment. He is also a progressive candidate. Um, He just wants common sense gun legislation. And he spoke really well tonight on gun legislation and he I'm telling you he um he punched Ron DeSantis very hard especially on gun legislation he t- basically said that Ron DeSantis sold his soul to the NRA so he shut up when it comes to gun legislation he's scared to talk about gun legislation because the NRA is going to pull out their money and their campaign funds from Ron DeSantis campaign and the face he made, I, I want all of you to go to YouTube sometime after this podcast, and I want you to look up the debate between Andrew Gilliam and Ron DeSantis, and just watch the highlights. Um, right now, a new survey that came out, a new poll that came out uh, tonight, shows Andrew Gilliam has a double-digit lead right now, 54-42 to against Ron DeSantis. Now, here we can go back to 2016 and talk about the polls. You know, well, the polls could be wrong. And you know what? The polls could be wrong. It all depends on the company that polled um, polled the people. But still, 54-42, to that is pretty unheard of when it comes to Florida politics because for a while, Florida – 
looked like a red state, especially since it went for Trump back in 2016. But I think with Trump's failed immigration policies, it is slowly but surely turning Florida either into a blue state or a purple state. I'm hoping Florida becomes a blue state this midterm season. I'm really hoping um, Florida comes to their senses and votes on someone that can lead Florida for the next four years. So, you know, if you're a fan of Andrew Gilliam, you've backed you've backed the right person on this. Um, but yeah, we we were following that debate all night. Um, DeSantis called him a socialist. He's called him corrupt. Um, he's throwing covered up versions of racial propaganda. Um, he's calling him an anti-Israeli. Um, but, you know, he stood his ground. He said that, you know, he's going to do everything he can to make sure that the people of Florida has a voice, make sure that voters are not suppressed this election cycle. Um, you know, he's, he's standing up for the good, amazing people of Florida. So if you're in Florida and, you know, you need, you really need to pay attention because right now there's just so much at stake going on right now in, um, Florida that, you know, it, it would be completely stupid to say, you know what, we're going to set this out. I mean, like I told everyone last week, there are 28 seats right now for toss-up in the House. 28 seats. That includes New Jersey, California, Illinois, um, Michigan, Maine, uh, North Carolina. There's 28 seats right now. And right now... 182 are looking solid for the Democrats. 153 are looking good for the Republicans. I mean, this it's going to be a tight race in the House. Um, you know, like I talked about last week, there's just so much going on right now when it comes to to the midterms. And if you are following me right now on on uh, Twitter, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a um, a secret how much I have been broadcasting the midterm elections. Um, you know, this is just an important time, and if you're not registered to vote, you need to go vote, or you need to go get registered so you can go vote in, in uh, November. Um, a great website to go to that I I used um, because Alabama's uh, Alabama's registration is about to close later this week. Or next week, um, I go to votesaveamerica.com or maybe votesaveamerica.org. Um, either just go to Vote Save America, type in your information. It will tell you if you are registered to vote or if you're not registered to vote. Now, if you're not registered to vote, it is easy to get registered to vote. There's a lot of websites that can help you get registered to vote. Or you can go to your um, county's registrar's office and say, look, I'm not registered to vote. I want to get registered to vote so I can vote in the midterms. Every vote counts 
when it comes to the midterm elections. So everyone, I'm I can't pound this enough in your heads. This is too important to sit at the house. There are so many issues up right now for debate. And if you want my God and honest opinion, this Congress has done absolutely nothing for the American people. It has proven to me that the Republicans are not ready to lead right now in Congress. Now, all my Republican listeners, I'm sorry, but right now, Congress has not passed any legislation that actually helps people. Now, yeah, they just passed their their yearly budget. They passed that earlier this month. But that budget, if you research the budget like I do, that all that budget did was give more tax cuts to the top 1% of our country. Left the rest of us 99%, you know, just completely, you know, left with a huge tax burden. I mean, me personally, I'd love to see a tax break. I'm pretty sure that all my friends will love a pretty good tax break. But right now as it stands, our friends on Wall Street are going to get a tax break. All the billionaires in the country are going to get a tax break. So you really don't have anything to argue about when it comes to taxes. Um, There's been nothing right now that has been shown through Congress that would be beneficial to our country as a whole. And, you know, you got to think under the current Congress we have right now, there are so many issues going on when it comes to civil rights, LGBT rights, civil liberties, abortion. There's just so, so, so many issues that we need to be involved in. And if you want to know how to get involved, it's simple because this is what I do. I find a candidate. I research the candidates. It's the first thing you got to do. You got to research candidates. After you've researched your candidates and you have gone to their websites, you have looked up news articles, you have outweighed the pros and cons, then call their campaign office in your city. Every city normally has a campaign office. Call the campaign office and tell them you want to volunteer, you want to contribute. What can you do? Nine times out of ten, they're going to say, well, we need people to help with yard signs or post yard signs throughout the city. We need people to help us with voter registration. Get involved. That's the best way to get involved with politics is by volunteering on campaigns. That is how politicians get elected is through their is through their volunteers and their contributions. Um, one golden rule of mine is I don't contribute to any political campaign that is funded by super PACs. I'm a strong believer that super PACs, even though that they were proven through the First Amendment a long time ago that what they do is completely illegal, I think that money runs our political system. So when you're doing research on the candidates, look for candidates that are not backed by super PACs. That means that they are not bought by the NRA or if you're a Republican, you know, they're not bought by the ACLU or any other organization. They are strictly getting funds from people that want to donate to their campaign. So that is the 
best way to get involved in this political system. And as I said before, if you're not involved, I think there's something majorly wrong with you. Right now, healthcare is in danger of being cut again. That's Medicare and Medicaid, not to mention Social Security. Our Social Security is getting cut every single year to pay for the huge debt that our Congress keeps putting on us. Now, yeah, debt did kind of go up during Obama's tenure as president. So don't get me wrong. Every president is guilty of this. But if I'm required to balance my checkbook every week, and make sure I have enough money in the bank to cover my bills, I think we should start electing politicians that will also do the same for us. We do not deserve two, three, four trillion dollars into debt that's going to hang over our nation for the next 30 years for our great and our great great grandchildren to pay off. So if you're not involved, you need to get involved. If you want to get involved, research candidates and then go volunteer on their campaigns. And if you're not registered, go get registered. Please go get registered. And then go vote on November 6th. Now, another topic during the midterms that you know, a couple of friends of mine on Twitter has brought to my attention is the topic of voter intimidation. Some of, uh, some of my good friends that listen to my podcast... Um, Talk to me about voter intimidation at the polls, especially a friend of mine. She hosts another podcast. Um, you know, she was telling me about, you know, when she got to the polls, you know, there was guys in pickup trucks with rebel flags with Make America Great Again shirts, and she found it intimidating. Now, unfortunately, that's going to happen. You're going to have groups of people who are going to stand outside the polls. But when it comes to my right to vote, I don't let anything intimidate me. This is one of the biggest obligations to being an American citizen, is to go vote. So to everyone listening to our podcast tonight, or this morning, whenever you're listening to it, make sure you're registered to vote, and then on November 6th, Go vote in the midterms. And with that, we'll be right back. And welcome back to Political Thoughts with Steve. Our next segment that we're going to talk about is something that's making news waves all over the world right now. And that is the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I am terrible at last names i'm terrible at names period so i'm sorry if i mispronounce it but um jamal was a washington post journalist um he was captured in saudi arabia by the saudi arabian government and a couple of days ago it was announced that saudi arabia killed this journalist now this isn't no surprise at all to myself when it comes to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, when it comes to people's rights, you know, the right to a free press or, you know, 
right for women to attend sporting events. Saudi Arabia is horrible when it comes to their civil rights. So, this journalist is killed in Saudi Arabia. Um, And the stories that the government of Saudi Arabia has been trying to put together over the last week, every time they release something, you look at it, you read it, and go, hum, I'm pretty sure Saudi Arabia killed this person because he was speaking out against the government and speaking out against the king of Saudi Arabia. On Friday, Saudi Arabia admitted the Washington the Washington Post columnist was dead and announced the arrest of 18 individuals, including high-ranking officials close to the kingdom's de facto ruler, the crown prince. It was a widely expected step as the kingdom moves to insulate its heir apparent. Now, the heir apparent, the, the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salam, he is progressive in a way. He has um, started allowing uh, women in Saudi Arabia to, you know, drive cars. Um, but when it comes to gay rights and civil rights, there are millions of people that live in Saudi Arabia. They are denied these rights, and you know this is. You know, this is a a country that the United States has been an ally of for a very, very long time now. But when it comes to killing a journalist or killing another human being because they're gay, sometimes you need to draw the line. So I wonder what our fearless leader is going to do about it. Now, there's talks right now saying, well... You know, we're probably going to put sanctions on Saudi Arabia. Sanctions. So we're, we're going to deny them money. There's one thing I know about Saudi Arabia. They are the global world leader in oil. So I'm pretty sure that if we decided to say, hey, Saudi Arabia, we're going to, you know, put fines on oil production, they're probably just going to laugh that off and call us a bunch of cowards anyways. So... How do we deal with this problem? Is this a military-related problem? Um, Is this a problem that we need the United Nations to get more hardcore into? What, What is our president going to do? Now, there's been a lot of reports that has hit the wires over the past week about money that President Trump has in stock over in Saudi Arabia, especially on real estate deals, which means he has a conflict of interest. Surprise, surprise. Our president has a conflict of interest. So what does that mean? Well, in my opinion, it means that President Trump is bought by Saudi Arabia and nothing is going to be done about this. Now, we may go and slap them on the hand, but, you know, that's all that is. That's all a sanction is, is a slap on the hand. Nothing is going to come out of this. And I hate saying that. Because I believe that when it comes to 
every society in the world, journalists should not be threatened with their lives. Journalists should not be murdered because of their opinions. If you can't stand being a leader of a country, if you can't stand the opinions of the media, then maybe you shouldn't be the leader of that country. Maybe you have, you know, too much thin skin, you know, like Trump. You know, our fearless leader is always, you know, waging a war against the press. Now, White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders, one of my least favorite people in the world, said the U.S. acknowledges the announcement from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and will closely follow the international investigations into this tragic incident, which means that we are going to sit back and just let Saudi Arabia deal with the investigation. If Saudi Arabia just murdered an innocent man because he had a different opinion than the government of Saudi Arabia, who in their right minds would think that this investigation is going to be done right and people are going to be brought in for justice. If you want to cover up something, you find the guys that are going to take the fall. These 18 guys that they have captured, I think it was 18, is it 18 or 20? 18 guys that they have captured are going to take the fall for it. Because their families were already probably paid a lot of money for them to take the fall for it. To make it look like we have conducted the investigation, we've arrested people, we're going to put them on trial, and we're probably going to execute them. That's probably what's going to happen. And the rest of the world's going to go, oh, Saudi Arabia is doing their jobs. No, Saudi Arabia is not doing their jobs. Saudi Arabia is fooling the world. Because Saudi Arabia does not want to be caught murdering a journalist. Now, when you look at the United States, President Trump has done his absolute best to turn the country against against our media. Now, when it comes to our media, yeah, a lot of them cover stories for the Democrats. A lot of them cover the stories for the Republicans. It is hard to find a news organization that will tell the news right down the middle. Now, I'm a big fan of Reddit. I go to Reddit a lot now. My brother um, turned me on to Reddit a couple of weeks ago. He said, you need to look at Reddit stories because a lot of these stories are actually wrote by people who, you know, aren't, you know, bought by these, you know, big media corporations. So I've become a big fan of Reddit lately. But, you know, even our local news now, they're bought and they're reporting the way that you know their owners want them to report. If any of you guys are a big fan of Last Week Tonight by John Oliver, I'm a huge fan of that show. I love that show. They, um, John Oliver, did a story on Sinclair Media Group and how all of these local news stations are just adding to the Trump propaganda machine. But here, here comes my argument when it comes with the press. The press is hard on every president. They're not there to be friendly with the president or with the administration. They're there to investigate stories that could have a huge impact on American society. 
I mean, look at Barack Obama. The press wasn't always nice to him. The press was sure as hell not nice to George W. Bush or George H.W. Bush. I mean, you can get online right now and look at all these stories involving the press. But to hear that a journalist was killed by a government because this journalist was writing pieces that was going up against the government, you know, that this is a very dangerous presence. Very dangerous one. So my question to the White House is this. Are you going to stand up for journalists around the country? Or are you just going to laugh this off and say, well, we're going to sanction Saudi Arabia and the United Nations. We're going to you know, pop them on the hand and say, no, don't ever do that again. Is that how we're going to do this? Right now, this guy's body was probably hacked up in a million pieces and scattered throughout Saudi Arabia. This family, his family probably will not have a body to bury. All because of how Saudi Arabia is when it comes to their civil rights issues. You don't have a free press in Saudi Arabia. And I think having a free press is a great thing to have, especially when that free press is all about making sure that the work of the people is being done and there's no government corruption going on either in the legislative or the executive branches of government or even in the judicial branch of government. I think everyone who's elected or are in a position of political power including our Supreme Court justices, they should be always held up to that high standard. And if a member of the press finds something, a huge story involving someone, I think that our press, in which our forefathers put in our Constitution, that they have a right to print whatever they want, I think that it makes our democracy better having a free press. Now, I know President Trump is always talking about, you know, the fake news, fake news, fake news. He quotes Breitbart. Breitbart is as fake as you can get besides going to theonion.com. Breitbart is nothing but alt-right propaganda. If you don't believe me, go to Breitbart right now and look at their website. Everything is Republican. Or I wouldn't say conservative. It's all alt-right. There's still some good conservatives out there. I have a couple of friends that are conservatives, and they're pretty good people. We may not agree on everything, but I respect their opinions. But when it comes to the alt-right, especially since it's being fueled by still by David Bannon or by Steve Bannon and Breitbart, even though he does not work for Breitbart, but when it comes to fake news websites like that, why aren't you calling them out, President Trump? Because you only see the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, Time, US Today, USA Today. You see them as your enemy. So that's how you do it. You tell everyone the fake media is who to blame. And 
if that keeps on going on, it's not just going to be this journalist in Saudi Arabia that you're going to you know, hear about that's getting killed. You're going to hear about journalists in the U.S. that's going to show up getting killed. Why? Because Trump has done a great job at dividing our country through the media. It is a shame what happened in Saudi Arabia. It is a shame that our nation is not going to do anything about it. But it's up to us as American citizens to tell our government we have a constitution. We have a freedom of press, a freedom of speech, a freedom of religion. Respect our constitutional rights. Stop dividing our country more and more on race, religion, and in the news. Or you need to get the hell out of office. And if you don't want to go, we'll be more than happy to show up at the polls. We'll be right back. Welcome back to this week's edition of Political Thoughts with Steve. We are at our favorite segment, This Week in Trump. This is where we look at all the stories that President Trump has been a part of for this past week. And when it comes to our fearless leader, you know for a fact he loves the spotlight. So let's let's see what Trump has been up to this week. Um, today, or it was it today, last either Friday or maybe yesterday, uh, Trump decided to uh, ditch a decade-old armband control treaty with Russia. Here's my thoughts on that. When it comes to arms treaties that you know have been a bedrock of the peace process between the U.S. and Russia since the 80s and the early 90s, you don't need to screw with that. I mean, maybe Trump wants another Cold War. Who knows? But... I certainly don't want my brothers and sisters fighting in a war against Russia anytime soon. But he's decided to um, get rid of the decade-old arms control treaty. So I guess we may be going back to the days that you know we're blowing up islands with nuclear warheads to you know show Russia that hey, we're still a big dog here. You know, it seems to me Trump will do anything with Russia just to get him out of this bind with with that Russia investigation. Um, Trump's been campaigning a lot over the last week, especially in, I think it was in Arizona last night. He's been to Iowa. You know, he is already campaigning and he's not just campaigning for everyone that's, you know, running in the midterms right now. He's campaigning for himself. You got to remember next year starts another election cycle. We're going to be seeing more Democrats and more Republicans. If any Republicans are going to start coming out saying, you know, we are going to run against Trump in 2020. So President Trump has been very, very, very busy on the campaign trail this past week. Um, his fundraising hall for 2020 is unprecedented. He has raised so much money for the 2020 
uh, for his 2020 re-election campaign already. Now, most presidents, they don't start running until around the year before the general. That's when they announce that they are seeking a second term as president, and they actually start their campaigning. Trump started campaigning in 2017 for 2020, and you know, I think it's illegal in Alabama to say, you know, I'm going to run in 2020, but here it is, you know, metaphorically, you know, we're in 2015, so I'm going to run five years in advance. I've heard it's actually illegal in Alabama to do that. But, you know, if it's legal for the president to do that, then, you know, I guess that's what um, that's what he's going to do. Now, Trump has... um you know, spoken out about what happened in Saudi Arabia with the journalists that I mentioned in the previous episode or the previous segment. Um, but, you know, as my opinion, as I said in my opinion in the last segment, nothing's going to happen with the Saudi Arabia. The captures aren't going to get punished. And if they do, it's just because, you know, they have to. Just to lie to the world and say, you know, we care about our journalists, even though they really don't. Trump's not going to, Trump doesn't care, so, you know, that's just how it is. A funny story happened this week. I don't know if any of you awesome political nerds have heard about it, but I'm pretty sure you have. Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, uh released a statement saying that she was one 1,024th uh, Cherokee Indian. That w- and to get the backdrop of that story, I think it was back in 2017, right when Trump became president, he kept talking about Elizabeth Warren and started calling her Pocahontas because Warren claimed that she had Indian blood in her. Now, I have Choctaw blood in me, but, you know, I'm not going to, you know, make it a big deal saying, you know, I'm an Indian. No, I just have Indian blood in me. But, you know, he calls her Pocahontas because, you know, Trump, Trump loves controversy. That is what this man runs on every single week is nothing but controversy. If nothing controversial comes out of this White House in a week, I'm probably going to have my first heart attack. Um, But she said, you know, she took a bogus DNA test. It's far less than the average American. The DNA test is useless. Even they don't want her. Called her a phony. You know, Telling her that, you know, she needs to apologize because, you know, she's a phony and everything. I mean, here's the deal. President Trump doesn't want to donate a million dollars to charity. That's what it's all about. Trump probably only donates to charity just so he can get it back at the end of tax season. That's probably why he did it. You know, Trump is... um. Yeah, Trump is just uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. Now, you know, right now he's um he spoke on climate change. He said, man-made or not, there's something there. Man-made or not, there's something there. 
I'm pretty sure that climate change is man-made. I think climate change probably started, you know, happening a whole lot quicker during the Industrial Revolution, you know, when factories were, you know, putting all all these CO2 emissions in the atmosphere. Um, I don't know about you guys. I know that we are, it's officially fall down here in South Alabama. You know, tonight we're getting in the lower 40s. This whole week is, you know, like, the highest I've seen this whole week is like 71 degrees. So we're in fall, thank God. But, you know, we just had a major hurricane hit the Florida Panhandle last week. It barely missed Alabama. And seeing the the death and, and the destruction from Hurricane Michael, you know, storms are getting more violent now. Summers are a whole lot hotter. It it was around 124 degrees down here in South Alabama this summer. That's like temperatures you could expect in Arizona or in the deserts in Texas and New Mexico or the southern part of California. Not in South Alabama. Normally we have like a tropical, you know, semi-tropical climate. No, it was 124 degrees this summer. So, climate change is happening, President Trump. It is happening. The more CO2 emissions that we release into the atmosphere, especially since you have decided to get rid of CO2 emission standards and a lot of other environmental standards, all you're doing is just making the inevitable happen quicker. Our world is going to be going through major climate changes over the next 10 to 20 years. But, you know, Trump doesn't care about that. You know, he probably still thinks that the earth is flat. A lot of his supporters still think that the earth is flat and that, you know, NASA and satellites have been lying to us all this time. They probably still believe that the moon landing was, you know, also, you know, did not happen as well. But, yeah, you know, Trump's talking about climate change. There's something there. Pardon my language, but no shit, Sherlock. There is definitely something there. So, this week at Trump, you had him talk about climate change. You had him campaigning. You had him talking about Elizabeth Warren and saying that her DNA tests were false. But the highlight of this week for Trump is, you know, he's just been going around the country campaigning for Republicans, especially alt-right Republican candidates. So, yeah, everybody, that's your favorite favorite segment of this show, This Week in Trump, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to our last segment. This is my favorite segment. This is Final Thoughts with Steve, where, you know, we just talk about some of my final thoughts and, you know, what I'm thinking about what's going on in the world today. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of our podcast, um, earlier this week, we got a chance to uh, talk with a non-mom happy hour and you know, we got to talk about a lot of different subjects. And, you know, 
everyone, I love their podcast. I'm a huge fan of their podcast. Um, but, you know, we got to talk a lot about the MeTube movement and what it means being a male during the MeTube movement. Now, talking about the MeTube movement, um, I think it is a special time in our nation right now. Um, I have a son, and I also have a lot of nieces. Um, I'm always telling my nieces to always have respect in yourselves. Um, and also tell me if something happens, please tell someone. And here comes a shock to everyone. I, too, am a victim of sexual assault. When I was eight years old, I was uh, I was molested by a member of my family. Um, it's something that you know it took me a long time to tell my mother about, to tell my sister about. It took me a long time to be able to share that because you know when something like that happens you know you automatically believe it's your fault you automatically think that you know if you tell someone all it's going to do is just make it worse not make it better but during this me too movement i think that we as males we need to stand up for women as well we need to let women know that you all have a voice. You all have an ally in this fight. Because sexual assault doesn't just happen to women. It also happens to men as well. And we need to sympathize with sexual assault. Now my mom is a huge fan of Law & Order SVU. And I watch it a lot with her. Um, you think, you know, at 32 years old, you know, I'd much rather be watching you know, NASCAR on Sunday, even though I couldn't tell you the last time I watched a NASCAR race. But I watch SVU because it's a very powerful show. It's a, it's a historical show in a context because the whole series spotlights sexual assault. And during this Me Too movement, I think it's time for all of us to come together and support each other. As, as a victim of sexual assault, I want to talk to everybody who's a victim of sexual assault. It took me a while to come out. It took me a while to tell my mom and my family. But what makes it better is being able to talk about it. Because the experiences that you experienced could be other people's experiences as well. I'm always preaching during 
this last segment that we need to be better human beings towards one another. And we do. We need to be better human beings with each other. I teach my son every single day that it is not okay to hurt a woman or a little girl. It is not okay to touch them if they don't want to be touched. It's not okay to you know call them names or you know whistle at them. It's not okay. This is not the 1930s anymore. We have evolved as a society, or I like to think that we have evolved as a society. I mean, this is 2018, so, yeah, I'm really hoping that, you know, we have evolved to a society where we can stop going up to women and saying, I got a big truck, you want to go take a ride? Or some cheesy line like that, God... But my point is, we need to stand up for everybody. Ladies, if you are victims of a sexual assault, I'm telling you this right now, it's okay to start speaking up. At first, you're going to be scared. At first, I was scared, and I'm a guy. Oh, you're a guy, so you're masculine. Uh, You're not afraid of anything. When it came to that, I was. I was scared because I was afraid that people will look down on me. Well, why didn't you say something before? Well, the person who molested me told me that if I said anything, I would be the one who got in trouble. No one would believe me anyways. It's a burden I carried a lot through my life. It's a burden that contributed to depression and anxiety. But it's my burden. And I've decided to share that burden with all of you. Because maybe my story could inspire someone to say, you know what, it's time. Me too. So to all of my listeners who are victims of sexual assault, it's okay to start telling your stories. It's okay to tell friends. It's okay to tell your neighbors. It's okay to start talking. This Me Too movement has become a huge, huge deal over the last couple of years now. And just because Congress refused to listen to you doesn't mean that you don't matter. You matter every single day. And don't ever let anybody make you feel that you do not matter. Because you do. Also, midterms. Midterms are coming up. We talked about midterms during the first segment of our show. If you are not registered to vote, do not Get to the last day and go, oh shit, I am not registered to vote. And trust me, I've already put $20 in the swear jar. I can now start, you know, saying some bad words. 
go to votesaveamerica.com right now to make sure that you are registered to vote. As I said before, a lot is riding on our elections. This is one of the biggest obligations that we have as American citizens is the right to vote. Some people died for our right to vote. Women marched for their right to vote. Black civil rights leaders sat on hot buses and endured huge violent moments so that you have a right to vote. So, do me a favor. Go to votesaveamerica.com right now or votesaveamerica.org right now. Click on the button, put in your information, and see if you're registered to vote. If you're not registered to vote, go to your county courthouse, go to your registrar's office for county, and say, look, I'm not registered to vote. I want to be registered to vote. And go get registered to vote. Alabama, if you're an Alabama listener, our deadline for voter registration is on the 29th. So I think it's towards the end of this week. No, hold on. This is 21st. So so about eight days, that deadline is there. You need to go get registered to vote. And here's the thing. I've seen so many stories this past week talking about voter registration and how so many people have registered to vote. And that is amazing, seeing people getting involved in politics and getting involved in these midterms and coming up in the general election in 2020, it is amazing to see people getting registered to vote. But here's, here's where it comes down to it. You need to vote. I tell Democrats this all the time. The reason why you don't win offices is because people don't come to vote. That is a reason why Democrats don't have a majority in both houses of Congress. That's the reason why Democrats can't hold the seats when it comes to state legislative legislative bodies or city or county legislative bodies. It's because people don't show up to vote. The only way for Democrats to win is for people to show up to vote. Now, yes, there is some other factors that keeps Democrats from winning, I understand, but a huge factor is people don't vote. So this is what I'm saying. There is no excuse for you to sit on the couch on November 6th and say, eh, I don't feel like voting today. If you don't feel like voting, if you don't go vote November 6th, you have absolutely no right to bitch and complain any during the rest of the year. When it comes to politics, you do not have a right to complain about it because you did not vote. You did not exercise your right to vote. It fires me up. Every time I have a political decision, I say, well, did you vote? Nah, man, I didn't vote this cycle. Then what are you griping about? 
you had a chance to have your voice heard. But why? Did, and the main reason why a lot of people don't vote is because, well, why should I vote? My voice doesn't matter. Politicians are bought anyways. I can see why people think that way. I don't. I go vote because it is my right to vote. It is my responsibility to vote. So if, if you have not voted yet, or if you have not registered to vote yet, go get registered. And on November 6th, get your ass up. Go to the polls. Most polls open at 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Most jobs give you an hour off, especially during election day, so you can go and vote. Get your ass to the polls and go vote. I don't care if you vote Democrat, Republican. I don't care if you're independent. Go exercise your right to vote. So there we have it. That's this week's final thoughts with Steve. Um, before we go, you know, I want to say again, thank you to Debbie Joe and Kelly Nerdzilla Minahal for having us last week for non-mom happy hour. That was, that was fun. All my listeners, please go and give that podcast a listen to. You would love them. I promise. Um, thank you to everyone that has donated to our page, um, go to anchor.fm today, search political thoughts with Steve. You'll see this really big button that says donate, hit that donation button without donations. We, we can't do what we do every week. And, you know, you can donate as little as a dollar a month or a hundred dollars a month. You know, we need some new equipment. We definitely need some new microphones so that it doesn't sound like, you know, I'm either right in your face or a million miles away. Um, but yeah, go donate. If you have donated, thank you so much. I've seen some donations come through lately. It is awesome to see that people are supporting, you know, our podcast and our Twitter page. Um, you know, I was just looking at Twitter a couple of minutes ago, and I believe right now we are sitting at 609 followers. 609 followers. That is amazing, guys. So thank you so much to everyone that has followed our page. And also, I'm going to remind you this every week until the end of October. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. As you know, this is a big, this is a special month for me because my mom is battling her third round of breast cancer right now. So. Here's here's the cool thing. You're listening to me, so guess what I'm going to do for you? Since you're listening to me, I'm going to donate a dollar. Every time our podcast gets listened to for the whole month of October, we are going to donate $1 per listen to, so to Susan G. Komen for the Cure Breast Cancer Foundation. That's all you got to do is just listen to us and then tell your friends, hey, there's this cool political podcast. I know you may not be into it, but you know, he has a lot to say. Give him a listen to and you just listening is going to go benefit breast cancer research. That's all I'm asking. So every time you listen, a dollar is going to be donated to Susan G. Komen for the cure. And that's going to help everyone like my mom who is battling breast cancer. It's going to help them with treatments. And the 
one of the best things that we can do as human beings is help our fellow human beings out. So to everyone who has listened, thank you so much. For everyone that's following us on Twitter, thank you so much. To all of our fans, we love you. You're awesome. To our military, our veterans, we love you. We think about you. We pray for you. Make sure that you go out this week and thank a veteran or thank someone who is serving in the United States Armed Forces, including the Coast Guard. Um, <laughs> you know, our Coast Guard brothers, you know, I was in the Navy. So, you know, being in the Navy, you know, Coast Guard was like our little brother. But, you know, I always give Coasties problems, you know, my mom would say problems. I always give them, you know, some hell. But, you know, in the long run, you know, you serve, you sign up to serve your nation, you're a hero in my eyes. So to all of our brothers and sisters, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you're doing to our veterans. We love you. We support you. Um, go donate to veteran charities. Go, or, you know, go help veterans charities. Veterans need help right now as well. And to all of you guys, thank you so much for listening to us this week. We will be back next week for another episode of Political Thoughts with Steve. We'll see you all next week.